Hi, and welcome to Real Talk with Rachel, with my wife, Rachel Gilbert. Did you know that God has a unique call on your life? But things like fear, insecurities, and lies keep us from experiencing God's best. This podcast will consist of real talk about real life with real people. We pray that every episode brings you one step closer to your original design so you can confidently pursue your God-given dreams. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I want to start by just saying thank you for your very kind words and great feedback about episode 25, where I shared seven things I've learned in starting a new venture. A lot of you said that those pieces of wisdom really blessed you, and so if you haven't listened to that, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. And today, my guest is actually my husband, who you have heard in my intro uh, this last year, and I wanted to bring him on kind of as a follow-up. You know, so often people see some of the things that I'm up to today. I have a podcast. I just launched a course, which, by the way, the day you're listening to this is the day it launched, so I'm sorry you can't register for it right now, but it will reopen in the fall, and I will be sure to let you know when it's open But I have the course, I have a blog, I speak at women's conferences, I do all of these things. And if you had told me 10 years ago, man, even five years ago that I'd be doing these things, I would have laughed out loud and I would have said, you're crazy. And yet here I am. And so much of that, my husband has been the one who got to watch and walk with me through it. And then I've also got to walk with him through his business things. And so we both kind of just got real today and shared our perspectives on each other, shared some things that we both had to overcome. We talked a lot about body image, which was my big thing to overcome. My husband shared about some of the things he had to overcome as a man. And he also shared how I encouraged him as a wife. Um, He even got into a little bit of a salvation story. So this is just an episode that's a bit longer than what I usually do for these podcasts, but it's because the information that was coming out of our mouths was so good, I could not cut it off. So I really pray that you will just take time and listen to this. And hey, if you're not married, please listen. I promise you, you're still going to glean some great insight from listening to this, as well as if you would like to be married, it's going to be like inside scoop for when you do get married and things that you just definitely would like to be on the inside of a conversation of a married couple having that conversation. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into this conversation I had with my husband, Dr. Matthew Gilbert. Well, hello, honey. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to have you on the show finally. Yeah, I'm glad too. (laughs) It only took a year to get you here, but here we are now, and I am excited about the topic we're going to talk about today. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we actually have a lot of things that we could discuss, and I kind of put a poll out to the listeners. I did this on Instagram and on Facebook, and several of you responded and said you would love to hear more about how we really just support each other as we've each uh, pursued our dreams, even though both of our dreams have looked a little bit differently. We've seems to, for the most part, do our very best to do that as a team. And we've learned some things along the way. And so we definitely both have pursued different things, but yet at the same time, they kind of merge together. And so we're gonna talk about that a little bit today. So I would love if you would start by just sharing a little bit about what you do. Most people kind of know what I do online, but they may not know what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, most of what I do is not online. Uh, I am a a chiropractor. I own a integrated medical clinic 
which means we do uh, medical and chiropractic and rehab all together. Been in practice uh, about nine years and uh, really treated patients for most of the years and now as of late have been uh, getting more into the management side of it and the business uh, ownership side of it. And then I think most people know about our family and our three kids. And uh, other than that, I just try to be the best husband and father I can be. Yeah, it's kind of funny because, you know, everything I do online and my husband is a little bit opposite. In fact, you only have Instagram to follow me, right? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And uh, it's the best way to know what's going on in my family. Yeah, yeah. So he fo- he got on there to follow me. He has since followed a couple other people. So you, you will see him on Instagram, but uh, you're not going to get any postings from him. But that's okay, because we're different, and I love that about us. So Absolutely. let's jump into these questions. I have several questions here. I'm not sure I'll get through them all, but we will just have to do a repeat follow-up session if we need to. So you said you're a chiropractor. You've been in the medical field for eight years now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you ever see yourself as doing that profession? Well, uh, not until I was uh, 21, 22 years old. I uh, really wasn't on my radar. I never... Went to a chiropractor growing up. Um, I had lots of needs to see one, but I, my family just didn't know about it. We didn't see one at all. Um, it wasn't until I was uh, I got my bachelor's from OU in health and exercise science and was working as a personal trainer while you were finishing school at OU and just trying to figure out what to do. And two of my clients were chiropractors, and I just really fell in love with what they did. And they let me shadow them, and I just really interviewed and picked their brain. And um, really fell in love with being able to help people to own a business. That was something I was interested in as well. And being able to do it in a natural way too was something that really appealed to me. Yeah. And you know, I know when we got married, maybe you had already knew you wanted to be a business owner. I really didn't think of that at all. (laughs) So it's interesting whenever you get into owning a business, you really have no idea what you're getting into. And I don't know that there is a proper way that anybody can ever fully prepare you for being a business owner, but I would love to know from your perspective, how has being a business owner made you a better leader? Well, it's a great question. I think it's really formulated my leadership ability. Really, it's the foundation of practicing leadership for me because um, when we took over, we took over a business that had been in business for uh, 28 years. We bought it from a previous doctor, and that was about eight, nine years ago. And um, we had three full-time employees. Uh, they had a, a long-standing way of doing things, and we had never had employees. We never had a, a business period of any kind. And to take that over was was a big undertaking. And it was a quick learning curve as well. It was either sink or swim pretty quick because we uh, had to step in and keep the status quo of what was going on, but then also start integrating some of our new dreams and changes and things like that. So right away we had to lead people, we had to lead customers, we had to lead uh, uh, patients, and uh, we had to be able to lead our family through that as well and not be overwhelmed. And so I think business ownership is one of the I, I just know in my story, it's been the primary way as an adult that I've been able to learn leadership and practice it on a daily basis. Yeah, and I've definitely seen you grow as a leader and as a, a husband, as a father, as a friend, owning a business. And I really think the cool thing, too, is since we walked through that together, that it brought us a lot closer in our marriage, too. Even though it was really tough at times, it definitely brought us closer together. So we could really talk about that whole side of things 
for the next hour. But um, I want to talk a little bit to you about, because I know this is probably what my the listeners of this show ha- are a little more interested in, is you always said, so when we first met, by the way, he mentioned earlier that we met, uh, or that he got his bachelor's at OU, and I did as well. We actually met working in the gym on campus. I was mesmerized by his biceps. And <laughs> so we met there, and um, when you and I first met, I was... Do you, would you say it was quite a bit different than I am today? Well, I mean, we both were quite a bit different. I would hope so anyways. We're always growing. But I was definitely more maybe insecure, shy. What label would you put to that? Yeah. Um, I, I know you don't like to use the word shy, uh, but that's that's a good description of what you were at that time. Um, and insecure for sure. And I, don't, I, I know I didn't even realize to the degree of, uh, insecurity that you dealt with at that time. Um, and looking back on it now, it's just amazing what God has done and your life and our life together to bring you out of that and to bring you, uh, into doing all that you're doing. It's just a, a testament to God's grace and his ability to, to really redeem all the hurts that we all have. And so, yeah, when we first met, um, uh, on the outside, you, you had this uh, insecure and shyness about you, but inside, when I spent some time with you, uh, it was very evident that that was not your true self, and that's not really who you were, who you were meant to be, and I didn't even fully realize that, but it was just something I, I could see and I was attracted to as well. So is seeing that in me what helped you to have the confidence over the years to encourage me to put time and money and energy into some of those things that you saw in me, even though I couldn't see them in myself? Well, yeah, absolutely. I remember when we were blessed to uh, early on in marriage, be part of a good church and to plug into some really good ministries, uh, ministries about marriage. And with my background uh, growing up, marriage was something I was still very passionate about. And I just knew one way or another, this this marriage thing is going to work, you know, come hell or high water, we're going to, we're going to make this work. So there was a dedication there. And one thing I knew, I learned from these uh, good ministries early on was that, you know, the word husband actually is a, is a gardening term. It's uh, similar to husbandry. And it actually is a term that means to cultivate or to grow, to nourish. And that's something that for many men, uh, we're not naturally you know, some men more than others, but just something that didn't come natural to me being more of a driven, um, little bit impatient at times. Uh, it was something that didn't come natural to me, but I knew that from these ministries, what we learned was that pouring into your wife and the more you watered her, you gave her good soil for her to grow into, to, to grow up in, then you would get this beautiful, radiant Proverbs 31 type of woman. And so I knew that early on and um, it just took years of kind of putting that to practice and sometimes easier than others. But it was something that I knew you, you had these, these dreams and these giftings in you and you would reveal the more you trusted me, you would reveal them more to me over time. Uh, but I just knew that the world would benefit from that as well. And, and uh, here we are and here we're going. Well, and you've definitely done that. And that's why, you know, those of you who are listening know that I had him do the intro for my podcast. And I don't know if that will always be the intro. In fact, I'm actually working behind the scenes with my editor right now. We're kind of doing some updates to the show because things are always growing and everything. But I wanted him to be the first one to do that for me for a couple of reasons. One, you were the one who 
encouraged me to do this podcast, even though I was terrified. You called the gifting out of me and said, I think you'd be good at this. And you encouraged me and supported me in all the ways that you could. Um, Also, that reason right there, what you just said, that you have just done what God calls us to do in the Bible and your husband loving the wife just like Christ loves the church. And I am feeling led to ask you to do something. I did not have this in our notes today, but I try to be spirit led when I'm doing these podcasts. And something that, you know, you're talking here about the things you've learned over things we've been involved with the church and whatnot. And I know for so many husbands and wives, we want to do the right thing, but the only way we can consistently do the right thing is if we're being led by God. And the only way you can be led by God is if you have a salvation, if you've been saved. And so one of your, my favorite things about you is your salvation story. Um, I would actually like for you to share just a glimpse of that. Not, you don't have to share all, every little detail, but because you are one of the rare people that I meet that actually has a salvation story of you were one way, one moment, and then the next moment you were just a completely different man. And I really believe that that is the foundation of, obviously it's the foundation of everybody's life, you know, and their walk with Christ, but with you especially, the things that you've learned and being teachable by God and then being able to pass that on to me, your wife and your kids, it's, it's a legacy, you know, that you're leaving. And so really quickly, as best you can, share a little bit about your your salvation story. Yeah, well, absolutely. And <laughs> and I think this is a great example of everything I was just talking about, how different you are from <laughs> uh, 10, 15 years ago. Um, to go off script like that, so, <laughs> but um, <That's> how I <laughs> roll. But it, if we are called by Christ, if we're called by Him and saved by Him, then to give our testimony is an opportunity and it's a blessing. And so, growing up from East Texas, um, when I was eight years old, uh, before eight years old, I had great family and had one sister and and great loving parents. But when I was eight, my parents divorced, and uh, like a lot of people's parents these days, unfortunately, but. Uh, they divorced, and my, my dad remarried pretty soon after that and has been married to the same woman for 20, 25 years, and and she's been a great stepmother in my life. Uh, my mother, infor- well, has battled a lot of issues in her personal life, and um, she's been married and divorced five times, and so I had a lot of different stepdads growing up and going through uh, teenage life. So I uh, was very rebellious as a teenager, and Thanks to God, uh, really protecting me when I didn't know it or deserve it or acknowledge Him, um, kept me away from a lot of things that could have really wrecked my future. And even though I was very close and around a lot of things that were not great, um, but I was blessed enough to—I was a pretty good football player, and I really enjoyed that. It was a great way to let out a lot of my frustration and anger, and. So I was uh, pretty good enough to get a scholarship, and I actually went to the U.S. Naval Academy. Um, didn't really know what I was getting into. Uh, I knew that it would be a challenge, and I got to play football, but you're also in the military, and for some reason that didn't uh, sink in until I got there, and I went from being um, the big man on campus to midshipman number 052526 all of a sudden, and so uh, I had a really tough time there where I, I struggled academically, uh, struggled socially, um, just really got beaten down and just became another number and really, really had a tough time. But that was a gift from God to go through that because I was very prideful as a teenager and to, uh, to go through two years of that and be uh, really beaten down and taking everything that I got my pride out of away from me was a gift because it left me with um, nothing else to cling on to. And so 
After two years, I made the decision to leave the academy before you make a final commitment. And I transferred to OU uh, where we met. But before we met, I was uh, just going to school, didn't know a soul. And I went to church with a small Baptist church in Wilburton, Oklahoma, small little town where my dad was living and went to church on a Friday night uh, because I had to meet my dad. It was a vacation Bible school and it was the final night and I had to meet him to get the keys or something or another, but I didn't really want to go. I just met him and snuck in the back and was just waiting for them to finish the service. And the preacher was speaking to the kids. And I think I can't even remember the exact words he was saying, but for whatever reason, maybe he was speaking it at that elementary level that I, I finally understood the gospel story and it just really uh, stuck with me at that moment. And, and it, it just pulled at me. And so with all the heads bowed, I raised my hand from the back when the preacher asked if we wanted to accept Christ. And then um, he said a prayer and I, I kind of skipped by it. But then um, afterwards, as everyone was leaving, I rushed to my dad to try to get out of there. And I turned around and the preacher was there. And he said, son, do you know there's a battle for your soul going on right now? And and when he said that, that just struck a nerve that finally made sense for everything I was feeling. And um, I prayed with him right there with my family to accept Christ. And and in a moment, um, there was a change. And I wasn't perfect, and I'm still not perfect, uh, but there was a noticeable change. All of a sudden, the trajectory of my heart, my desires and wills, my, my desire and my will to do certain things and want certain things just completely did a 180 and one of the things in particular, you know, I've, I've heard salvation stories for some people that they were drug addicts and, and they were saved and they immediately stopped doing drugs. And then others who were drug addicts and got saved and still dealt with drugs. But for whatever reason at that time, um, my language was horrible. I cursed a lot and, you know, still and, and traffic could let out a, a bad word once in a while. But immediately it's like my language changed without me having to change anything on my own without trying. And and many other things started to change. And, and it was about six months after that, that I met you. And it was in a time when I was not looking to meet anyone. I was not looking to date anyone. Um, I was really just reading my Bible for the first time. I was praying. I was trying to learn more about this Jesus who I fell in love with. And it was at that time that you came into my life and I just couldn't ignore this attraction and, and I couldn't ignore what God was doing there. And he confirmed several times that, you know, we were supposed to pursue more than that. And that led to where we are now. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny when we first met, I actually thought that you didn't like me or like for real didn't like me just because you were the first guy who had ever treated me with respect. And I didn't know what to do with that. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, well, and that was new for me too because that's not how I had treated girls in the past. But I had read a book at that time, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, and you know whether that book was a, uh, I read a few other books too along those lines, but whether they were all accurate or not, they at least put this idea in my mind of this woman, every woman really is a sister in Christ. And uh, even if they're not a girlfriend or they're not taken by somebody else, they're a wife of somebody someday. And how would what I want another man to treat my future wife? And so it planted that seed in me for the first time when I was 20 years old. So that was something new I was acting out and to you it seemed cold. And maybe I was still figuring out how to, how to walk that out. But um, yeah, that, that was new for me too. 
Yeah, and you know, I think the reason I felt led for him to share this part, again, like I didn't have this plan for him to share that part of his testimony, and I'm sure he's loving me right now for that. I do love <laughs> <it>. <laughs> But, you know, one of the reasons I felt led to, to bring that up is because some of the things that we're about to discuss, and really, I, I pray that when you listen to this podcast, or if you happen to read my blog, or you follow anything that we do in our business online and in person, that God always gets the glory for it. And there is all the things, you can learn all the things, you can learn all the tools, you can listen to all the podcasts, but man, if the if God is not the one who is providing the power to enforce these things that we're learning, they're just completely useless. And so I think that's why I felt led for you to share that is because some of the things that we're gonna talk about, it would be really tempting for people listening today and and hopefully some husbands are listening today. And you know what, also I wanna say that if you're not married, I pray that you take this and you wanna be married someday, you start learning now. You know, I wish I had started to listen to other married couples and whatnot before I was married, but so take this and just really remember that if you're listening to this, and you have not submitted your life to Christ, none of these things are gonna even be possible to enforce. It will be a constant wrestling, constant battle. And so I feel like that just lets all of us off the hook that we can learn some of these things and then we can turn and go, okay, God, what does that actually look like in my life? Because it's gonna look different in your life than it's going to look in our lives. These are just the things that have worked for us And hopefully some of these things we're going to talk about, um, you'll see how when you just listen to the voice of God, it makes so so many things in our life so much easier. So a couple of the things, now that you've heard a little bit of his testimony, again, we could have made that an entire episode. So maybe we should just split some of these things up. And we're definitely not going to get through all my questions now. So we'll just see what we can get through. But, um, you know, a few of the things that held me back from pursuing my dreams was my insecurity and my giftings, as well as definitely a big one for me has been what others think of me. And I would love to know from you, from a man's perspective, what is something you wish more women knew about walking with confidence and who God created them to be? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, it makes me think back to another ministry we follow that's really great is Marriage Today, Pastor Jimmy Evans and and some great teachings there. But one of the things that he taught was the number one need of women or wives is security. And uh, number one need of a husband is honor. And you could dissect that in many different ways. But one thing I've learned about about you and, and women in general is there's this deep need to feel secure. And we all have that to some degree, but there's this deep need to feel secure. But how you feel secure is way different than how I get my security and and feel that security. So if I were speaking to all women, I would say that whether you're a husband or you're not married or um, wherever you're at in life, uh, whether they are the man in your life is meeting that need of security by providing a home or providing uh, the, the physical things that you need, or he's providing the words and the service that you desire or need, whether he's doing that or not, we all have our true father we have god who is the perfect perfect father and who provides that security and i think too often especially with women men do it too i think we're all guilty of this but especially with women we can be comparing you can be comparing yourselves too often to each other and you know social media can make that even 
uh, easier nowadays to be able to do that, to look at everyone's perfect life and perfect kids, perfect house and husband and all of that. But there's nothing in this world that will really, that will make you more secure than knowing exactly who you are according to the father who created you. Um, because he is going to look at you and see how beautiful you are, more beautiful than any man will. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. He will never doubt you or question you in such a way that devalues you in any way. And he's only going to bring you up and not pull you down. And I think that right there, if you can cement yourself in knowing uh, who God says you are, and, and in Christian circles especially, we hear this all the time, but if you can really grab hold of that, then there's nothing else in this world that you would even waste your time comparing yourself to. I love that you brought that point up because that is, I have experienced that firsthand myself and that the more secure I am in my identity and who I am in Christ, then the more confidently I can walk forward and not be paying near as much attention to what anybody even thinks about me. Because if your eyes are focused, focused, you know, in group fitness, there's this thing, the saying of where your eyes go, your body will follow. So if you're doing squats, for example, and you're staring at the ground, your body, you're going to tend to, you know, lean towards the ground. So if you, you know, find a spot up higher and look there, your body's going to go that direction. And it's the same way with this, with our relationship with God. So I like that you brought yeah, that and up. Yeah, and that's interesting. They teach you that too um, when you're riding a motorcycle or you're riding a bike of any kind. Um, wherever your eyes go, your body will follow. And so they actually teach you to be looking straight ahead or if you're going to turn, to look into the turn. And um, that's uh, another great example because you're always moving forward on a motorcycle or a bicycle mm. bike or something like that, keeping your eyes on the road ahead, keeping your eyes straight ahead to uh, rather than deviating from side to side because uh, otherwise you can run to a ditch. Yeah, that's <laughs> so good. Well, speaking of the body, um, this is yet another topic that we could and will, I think, actually come back and do another episode on. But body image issues have well, we been a, a lot of episodes. Coming yeah, I know. <laughs> I think we just need to make this the real talk with Matt and Rachel show <laughs> coming to you soon. No. Um, all right. So but body image issues have been a really big deal in our marriage. Not so much for you, but for me. <laughs> and um, a few years ago, I remember I kind of had um, a come to Jesus moment on my own. And then I came to you and I was I basically said to you, that I was done striving for the perfect body because it's just too exhausting. And honestly, this is, I feel like a conversation I've had with you multiple times over the years where I, you know, the Lord reminds me, what are you doing, Rachel? Like, just chill, fill out. And um, I love bringing it to you in the light, though, because so often you speak truth over me. Not so often, every time I bring it to you, you speak truth over me. And I'm curious if you remember what you said to me that really shifted my mindset on my body when I came to you a few years ago and just told you that statement right there about that I was done striving. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. So you want me to say what I, <laughs> yeah. what I said to yeah. you? So, well, what I said to you was, was not really for me. It just came out of me at the moment, but um, really from the Holy Spirit. But I remember saying you were uh, really frustrated with comparing yourself to the perfect body and, and um, the ideal magazine body and all that junk that's made up anyway out there. And I remember uh, me saying to you that I just said, stop comparing yourself to other women. And that includes your past self. That's another woman. That's a different woman. And it kind of came out just uh, fluidly like that because it made perfect sense to me. But I think that was an aha moment for you. 
And it just, it made sense to me because we are constantly changing. We've grown so much uh, spiritually and in so many ways, we're not the same person that we used to be. But then the fact of the matter is, and being in healthcare, you know, guess what? Our, our bodies, this physical body is not going to last. And we need to take care of it as a temple of the Holy Spirit, but it will not last. And that should not be a fearful thing for a believer. That should be a sign of joy. Uh, that should be a a joyous statement to, to realize for a believer because we have a perfect body waiting us for eternity, waiting for us in heaven for eternity. And we really all need to grab hold of that um, while still maintaining good health and taking care of this body so we can do good works and we can steward what God's given us. But understanding that, that there's no point in a beating yourself up about not attaining perfection in something that's not perfect. Yeah, I remember that statement you said about, because we've all heard, don't compare yourself to other women. We've heard that all the time. But when you said, including your younger self, she's another woman, that really struck me because I've had three kids um, and, you know, there's some stretch marks. There's some, my body is not what it used to be. And for so long, I used to compare myself to my 16 year old self, which had never birthed even one child and who was much younger and all the things. And so that brought me a lot of freedom. I'm curious uh, along these same lines, if you could tell us, and obviously I know you can't speak for all the husbands, but in general, from a man's perspective, what does a husband really see in his wife, no matter her shape or size? Uh, The simple answer, he sees his wife, his woman, his I think is the main word and the main idea because there's something that is more attractive, more sexy to a man than any physical attribute of a woman. And it's a woman's desire and willingness to give herself completely to her, her husband and, and physically and spiritually, emotionally, and, and all those ways when a woman, despite his faults, despite his failings, um, in business and family and in so many in the church and so many areas when she honors him by giving her gifts, physical and every other kind of gift to him, no matter what, that that woman is saying to him, I give you these things and only you. And to a man that is so attractive and so secure, if you will, or so appealing that it goes beyond any kind of a uh, you know, physical photoshopped attribute that you'll see in a magazine or anything else out there. So, you know, we've talked about this before where a lot of times how attractive you feel kind of dictates, you think that how attractive you feel dictates how attractive you are to me. Well, it has nothing to do with you. My attraction to you is based on your willingness to give what you have to me, no matter how that compares to other other women out there. So um, hopefully I'm making sense here, but... (laughs) The idea that you are solely 100% committed to meeting my needs and, and you want to reciprocate that, we should submit to each other. The husband should reciprocate that to the wife. But by doing that, it builds a level of attraction that goes beyond any other physical attribute in, in a movie or magazine out there. No, you do make sense in that basically you're saying, I already am enough. And that's such the lie of the enemy that... Yeah. 
I need to be more than I can give myself to you. Because that's what I know me, I as a woman wrestle with is, well, once I look the certain way, okay, then I can give my body to my husband. Or once mm-hmm. I lose that last 10 pounds, once I get rid of those stretch marks, once I get rid of my, you know, broken out skin, like all of us, I, again, I can't speak for every woman, but I think I can speak for the majority that we have these this internal dialogue of, oh, I can't even imagine exposing myself right now or taking my shirt off right now when I'm carrying a muffin top, you know? And so we're we're over here wrestling through, well, once I get to a certain spot, then I can fully give myself. And really you're saying, just give yourself right now as you are, is the best gift. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I think that's a really freeing thing to, to bring out into the light. And, you know, honestly, again, I would re- if you're married, I would recommend having this, discussion exactly like this with your husband of asking him some of these kinds of questions and letting him speak to that because uh, there's something so powerful in hearing that it really brings freedom and to just see what really matters to him and what that looks like for you guys in your marriage. So kind of, I know we're kind of going all over the place here, but I brought up that a big issue I've wrestled with is the body image thing. And here's why I brought up body image. I know it's kind of interesting because we're the topic of today's podcast really is about pursuing dreams. Well, so you might be going, why in the world would you bring up body image? That seems like a different talk, but it's not. And, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, my intro is, you know, we're talking about lies and insecurities and things we believed that hold us back. I have spoken on this topic of body image in many conferences and to many women, and I can't tell you the number of ladies who, and I can relate to this, have been held back from pursuing their dreams because do you know how much time and energy that we tend to waste on this pursuit of this perfect body? I know a lot of money is spent, a lot of time, and I am all about taking care of our temple. I work out at least five days a week because I love it. But when it owns us and we don't own it, you know, when it's the master of us and we're not the master of it, it absolutely cuts into the call that God has on your life for sure. And so that's why I wanted to bring up for me, a big thing that I've had to wrestle through is body image stuff because, hey, guess what? If I'm not feeling up to how I would like to look, do you think that I really feel like going out and speaking in front of people? No. Do you really think I feel like going and encouraging somebody else and giving them a word from God? No, because I'm all focused on myself. And so that's why that's been a big thing that I've wrestled through and the Lord has definitely brought me a long way. So back to you though, Matt, I I talked about that my thing was body image. Can you think of just one thing maybe that has been a thing that you've wrestled with that then I've supported you as a wife to kind of walk through that, like you helped me to walk through the body image thing? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Where your sense of insecurity, something you've dealt with, maybe body image, uh, me personally, and I think many men can relate to this, but it's in performance or it's uh, like in business or uh, performance in your career and what you're called to do. I think where women were the, the crown of creation, you were the final thing that God created in the garden, um, you were made as the crown jewel. You were the you were made as uh, this beautiful, splendid uh, creation. And men were made from you know the the dirt of the earth. And and there's so much more to that that preacher could go into more than I could. But the the fact of the matter is, there's this deep desire in just about every man to perform, to do well, to uh, succeed in business or life or or whatever it is that is before him to succeed. And for all of us, 
even your quick successes and your overnight successes many times were 10, 15 years in the making. And we have to remember that because one of the mistakes I made early in business is thinking, oh, well, two, three years, we're going to be doing all these things that now eight, nine years later, here we are. And it's taken much longer and we've had to sacrifice much more than we thought. But through that time, we've learned and prepared. God has made a place in our hearts and in our lives to be able to handle all that we're called to do and all that we've been entrusted with now where uh, several years ago, we wouldn't have been able to do that. So uh, early on in business, there were so many times where I failed and so many times where I uh, wasted money, wasted time, made bad decisions, uh, lost opportunities, uh, bad deals, and uh, just so many mistakes and lived out of fear versus faith so many times early on. And, and you were constant in supporting me through that and, and honoring your husband no matter what. And that showed up in your in your words, that showed up in your actions, that that showed up in how you sacrificed many things that you wanted to do early on so that you could provide a home for our kids and provide a, a home for me to come come home to and have simple things like dinner and clean clothes and clean home to, to rest in so that I could go back out and strive again. And that's really laid a foundation of support that I don't question, I don't have to question, I don't have any fear of losing that in any way. And that's allowed me to take more risk and to step into more that God has put before us without fear or without hesitation. And I think that showed up in uh, many successes we have uh, through many failures and still things we struggle with, but there's no doubt that your sacrifices as a wife have really provided me to continue to grow and perform at a high level in what God has called me to do. I love that. So if you could speak a word of encouragement to the people listening when it comes to pursuing your dreams as a team, what would it be? Well, um, as a prior high school, college football player, um, the things that come to mind are some simple sayings like, uh, winners never quit and quitters never win. Don't just uh, dream it, but do it. So I could go on and on on slogans like that, but it's these are the things I would encourage you to do that no matter what the dream is in your heart, no matter what God, God's called you to do, he has an eternal timetable while we only have a 10 second timetable, usually or attention span. So God can work all things out for good. He says it in his word and he's true to that every single time, but he can work that out for good in his time and his time doesn't always match our time. And so I would encourage you to remain faithful, to continue to do your best, to run the race that's before you, to remember many times in this life, it's a marathon versus a sprint, but uh, many successes we've enjoyed even in the last few months uh, and years were many, many years in the making. And many times we can forget that in our Insta culture, in our social media lives, and, and when we want a microwave solution to our oven problem, too often we are looking for that quick fix when that is just not how God works, he's eternal. And so he's not in any rush. And so I would encourage you to stick with it, to cling hold to those dreams, just grab hold of them, don't give up, and just continually see God's will and timing in everything that you do. And it will work out one way or another. Yeah, and you know, to add to that, I would say have some non-negotiables as a couple. I know there have been multiple times in our life that we have felt pulling apart and like maybe we were running separate races and that's always like to me it's a sign of god waving a red flag saying uh oh 
one of you veered off course, come back, you know, because sometimes our hearts go astray or we make the wrong things priorities. And so, um, you know, we definitely have some non-negotiables in our home, things that are not that are priorities to us and that when we're not making them a priority, we kind of come back together and make sure we get things back to where we are. And, you know, I think every household has different things that are priority to you and you have to figure out what that is as a team and then make sure you keep those things the main thing. Uh, so we're going to wrap up. I had to skip over a few questions, so it's official. You have to come back someday. Maybe it'll be sooner than a year next time. Okay, but, absolutely. you know, one thing I, I want to leave with is this, is that every time that I feel as a woman, feel overwhelmed or stressed or uh, maybe praying about whether I'm supposed to do something, you will pray over me and I immediately feel peace. But then I also feel like a blessing over me to go and do something. And in fact, the times that I've come to you with something I want to do and you don't give me a blessing, I really have to honor that and just trust that you've heard the Lord for our household. And even if maybe I don't understand it at first, just trust that God leads you and then you lead our family. But I know there might be some ladies listening today that maybe they feel like they don't have a supportive husband or maybe they have um, a, a husband who's not saved or you know something where they don't feel like when they come to him, he, he is supportive or that he understands or whatever. So from a man's perspective, again, I know you can't speak for every man, but from a general man's perspective, I'd love to know what's the best thing that she can do to love him right where he's at and not let bitterness or resentment in her heart towards him? I would say to the, to the wife of the unsaved man, I would say continue to, to love him where he's, where he's at without sacrificing yourself to any kind of abuse or if you're in an abusive situation of any kind, then you need to seek help and seek uh, counseling or protection or whatever that may be. But if it's a man who's unsaved and he's lost, we were all lost at one time. And I know I was, and I can't remember where, but even in the Bible, it says that he was, I'm paraphrasing, but he says he was attracted to the countenance of her heart. Let, let me put it this way. To the degree of the relationship that you have with God the Father, that is the degree that your husband would want a relationship, um, would want to be in that position of a relationship with you. So when you have a deep relationship with God, when you are living that out, even in spite of opposition and hesitation from your husband, when you are living that out and you're speaking truth, your actions will speak louder than any kind of words you can speak to to your men. Men many times are attracted to action. Uh, that's many times why sports and and war and you know action adventure movies are so attractive to men's hearts because there's some kind of longing that we have to act out these struggles and these things. And so when you act out your faith, it will be a more of a testimony to your husband than uh, any words you could say. I love that wisdom. And what about to the woman who maybe your husband is saved, but they just don't see eye to eye on things? Any words of wisdom there? Well, uh, it makes me think of the, the picture that we learned one time of, uh, of a triangle where you have God at the top of the triangle and then you have husband and wife, insert your name here, at the bottom two points of the triangle. And the closer you get to God, the closer you get to each other. So in any big decision that we've had to make, uh, we pray on our own, we pray with each other, 
And and prayer is a especially praying with your spouse can be an awkward thing, uh, especially early on. And even now, sometimes it can feel a little awkward at some at some moments. But it's one of those things that you just step out in faith and you do it. God rewards faith, whether it feels good or not, whether there's an emotion with it. God rewards action. And so when you step out in faith and you pray together as a couple, it says we're two or more together. You know, he is there. And that's exactly what happens. He meets you there and God can't help. It's just his nature to bring peace and to bring wisdom. And he can bring clarity to any kind of decision or anything that any disagreement, he can bring understanding and peace where there wasn't any before. So good. Well, thank you for taking the time to come on today. I know a lot of the words you've spoken will really encourage a lot of the people listening. And hopefully these questions that we talked about today will really also encourage you just to have some open conversation with your spouse. I am a very big believer that there is really not always a one-size-fits-all answer um, other than that we all are sinners in need of a Savior and that if we will let the Holy Spirit lead us in our decision-making, whatever role you are, whether you're married or not, or kids or not, or whatever it is that God's called you to, that being Spirit-led and what you do is just so powerful. And it's really the only way to release God's uh, goodness and grace and his plans over your life. So thank you for coming on. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll chat with you later. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Well, I hope that that conversation that I had with my husband encourages you in the pursuit of your dreams to stick together as a team if you're married. And hey, if you're not married, that's okay. God can totally be your teammate. And you know what? He's all of our teammates. That's how we're able to do this at all as a team. And I want to share with you a quick review that I saw on this podcast that somebody left. The hashtag name is Gateway Girl. So thank you, Gateway Girl. It says, I love listening to Real Talk. Everything is relatable and applicable to what I need to hear. I feel encouraged and empowered after listening. I'm not just a fill in the blank. I'm a world changer. I can do great things in the place where I'm at now. So good and so much truth. And that is exactly what I want you to walk away from this podcast. Every single time remembering is that you are a world changer and you can do great things in the place where you are right now. So I pray blessings over you. And I also just ask that if you have not left a review, please do so. I read those. And any of those that really encourage me, I'm going to start sharing with you all too, because I love that we all bring such a unique voice to the table. And I want to share your voice as well. And be sure to follow me over on Instagram. My handle is at Rachel J. Gilbert. And then I'm also on Facebook and You can find me on my website, but I really love interacting with you all. This is not just a one-way street. I don't want you just to hear Rachel's voice. I want to hear your voice in return so that we can just have ongoing community and conversation in between the release of these episodes. All right, friends, that's all that I have for today. I will see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.